And welcome to the 21st episode of Tales from the Doghouse Separation Anxiety Explained. You're listening to me, Sarah, who's in the UK, and with me is Stacy from the US at Focus Fun. And hey, 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 it's Ness Jones. I'm from Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoded, and I am in Australia, and we are so excited today to be able to um, answer our listener questions so we had a few come in um, we are doing this because it is our 21st episode so we wanted to uh, let you celebrate with us sing happy birthday off you go <laughs> Sarah's a beautiful singer go for it Sarah <laughs> I think we should sing it together though uh-uh. no I'm not a good singer no, me I'm, I'm good at a fair number of things, but singing is not one of them. <laughs> like not I, even a little bit. Does that mean I'm doing it on my own? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right then. Happy birthday to you. Happy Woo! birthday to you. Happy Woo! birthday, dear. Tales from the Doghouse. Happy <laughs> birthday. 21st birthday to us. Yay! Hurrah. I'm doing it on my own. Yay! Go. Thanks, Sarah. That was yes, lovely. lovely. Yes. Mm. <laughs> what a great way to start a 5:30 a.m. morning. Yeah. <laughs> Very uplifting. <laughs> Would you be glad I'm not there? <laughs> All right. Our first question is or is from Jan, and she says, "In desperate need to figure out how to leave my home without my dog chewing our windows or door trim." which is a great question. And a lot of trainers, Jen, would probably say to you that you need to create your dog, but we won't be those trainers, will we girls? No, we won't. <laughs> what will we be saying? Stop the fear and just stop the destruction. That's what we're gonna say, right? Okay, right. But to, to, to stop the destruction, we need to stop the fear. So um, obviously you're gonna be scared about leaving your dog out in the house when you're not there if your dog isn't crated. So that's where the training comes in. Um, and what's the most important thing, ladies, that we need Camera. to Yes, get eyes on your dog. Live um, stream though. Yes, live stream your dog. So when you start the training, you can do it. Um, you'll be watching your dog the entire time. So your dog won't be going over threshold and if you're not sure what threshold means go and check out our episode um on thresholds uh which was uh, a few weeks ago now um go and check that out and have a good listen to that um and yeah so your dog won't be going over threshold which means your dog won't be chewing your windows or dog trim what what else do you think ladies i think that's the thing as you know, if you stop the anxiety, then they don't, they, they're not going to feel that destruction urge. A dog that's chewing 
and, and by the sound of it, I mean, you're talking not, well, maybe the windows aren't exactly exit points, but they could be for a dog, but yeah. they're chewing around areas where they think they might be able to get out. So um, some dogs with separation anxiety uh, have um, frantic attempts to escape around exit points. Um, yep. And uh, and basically your dog is doing that because they're in a panic, which you already mm -hmm. know. But um, so the whole idea is to keep your dog not going into a panic, keep eyes on them with the camera and um, start the training in such small increments of duration of your absences that they don't notice mm. and they never get into a panic. No, and if you do have to go out, see if you can manage those absences by using a pet sitter, house sitter, whatever it is, which we also did an episode about a little while ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> so speaking of windows as exit points, I did have a friend once whose dog managed to open a living room window and a little window, the transom windows at, at the top and get out. The tiny windows on, at the top? Yep, she got on How from did... work and her dog wasn't there. Oh, God. They did find her eventually, but um, yeah, it was uh, she was terrified when she got home. I couldn't find the dog, and it was this tiny little window that it had got out of. How did it get wow. up the top there to do that, though? It just scrabbled out. Wow. It just managed to, it got on, the, it got on the windowsill. I mean, it was a sort of medium-sized dog. It got on the windowsill, managed to knock the catch off, and then pushed its way through the window, and out it went. Gosh. How scary is that? Yeah, so, yep. Cam but yeah, if you've got that camera on them, you can keep an eye on them and make sure that they're okay and come back in time if anything untoward looks like it. Well, and, and I think that's the, the big thing with our training, right? And we've talked about this with other in other episodes, but, you know, coming back at that first sign of anxiety, not letting it escalate into something that's going to even come close to the destruction we're talking about here. The next one is from Kelsey. And um, I think this is from more than Kelsey, though, because I hear this question so very often. And this one is, um, how long does it take to train my dog to be okay? Uh, it's a good question. And yes, I hear it a lot as well. In fact, I wrote a blog about it. So if anybody wants to read did that. You? Yes, I did. They oh can find goodness. it on my website, which is Ruff, R-U-F-F, -F, Diamonds Dog Services. And uh, yeah, and look at the um, look up blogs, which is down the bottom of the page, and uh, yeah, scroll through the blogs, you'll find it there. Fabulous. Fabulous. Or you could just listen to the rest of this podcast. Yeah, and you would also have your answer. <laughs> so um, the answer to this question is, um, it depends. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this question is, I mean. Of course, you want to know how long it will take. And if, if we can't give you an answer by, uh, mm -hmm. on that, I mean, because it just depends on too many things, right? Mm -hmm. But we will say that it is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, it's a, because changing the emotions does take a long time and, mm -hmm. and getting them comfortable home alone takes time and you have to do it at your dog's pace, which is a gradual approach. Um, you know, it just takes the time it takes. You, you can't rush it, right? Mm -hmm. So I would, I encourage people who are super concerned about time to do the things they can like the things that they can control, right? So what are the things that people can control surrounding their dog separation, anxiety, managing absences, 
the, the less they're exposed to scary time alone, the more quickly they will overcome their fear of being home alone. Um, medication, if you haven't talked to your vet about whether medication is appropriate for your dog, that would be something it can really smooth the way for training. So that's another thing to, to look at. Um, and then do the training. You know, a lot of people think the training's a little bit tedious or boring. And so it's easy to put on the back burner. Um, but unless you do that training, unless you expose your dog's dog to those safe absences, your dog's not going to get better. So you have to kind of like push through and um, just make sure you're getting those positive repetitions in. Yeah, I'd add to that as well. If, if you're under time pressure and you're really worried about how long it's going to take, uh, there's the old adage about, you know, when's the best time to start something? Uh, the best time to start something was yesterday, wasn't it? Well, the second best time to start mm -hmm. is today. So don't wait. And if you have to, you know, go find a trainer to help you because you'll get much more out of your training and you'll get much more progression if you've got a professional alongside you than you will trying to do it alone for three or four months only to realise that you're not getting anywhere and then have to start with a trainer again. So you'd start now and find someone to help mm -hmm. you. That's, that's what I'd say. Okay, so um, I've got another one here from Patricia. Um, she says, mine jumped out of a closed window, which is kind of scary, isn't it, guys? <sighs> but not unusual, to be fair. Um, he tore up every kennel so far, scratched and chewed a hole in a bedroom door, is on high doses of meds daily and situational and still house paces and stands in windows, even though they're covered in plastic now. Gosh. He's at the door before I can get to it. Um, if I'm not in PJs, he's on that door as soon as I stand up. I guess she just wants to know how, the best way forward. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds very serious, especially if they're on high doses of meds. Mm -hmm. um, my first thought, Patricia, would be um, I don't personally think you can start the training until you do some door desensitization, if that's what he's like. Um, basically, if you if you can't walk to your door without your dog already getting into a panic, then and which means you can't even step out for one second. I don't know how that you how you can even start your separation anxiety training. Um, I am I did recently do a workshop on door desensitization. I am putting a course together on it, and I will probably be doing monthly or quarterly um, courses thereafter. To so you can work with me. One-on-one uh, -on -one and in real time, so that might actually um, be helpful to you. Um, but I'll let you know when that is next. Do you guys have anything to add? Yeah. So for me, I would definitely do de door desensitization and also, but you have to progress at your dog's pace, right? So if you just standing up from the sofa is triggering anxiety in your dog, then you have to start before that. So, you know, that might be just like leaning forward, like you lean forward a little bit before you get up. You like, you really have to, like, I think the traditional door desensitization plans that we usually work from will probably be too lumpy for this dog and we'll have to break down the steps a little bit yeah. smaller. Break Secondly, um, make sure you're managing absences mm -hmm. and not leaving your dog to panic. And 
thirdly, uh, meds review. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so I, I, people like yourself, Patricia, I would um, certainly be keeping a daily diary um, uh, of what your dog is like um, and uh, throughout the day. So not just in terms of you leaving or, or training, but in terms of its uh, reaction to everything in its life, daily um, circumstances and experiences and provide that to your vet. So he's got a really, he or she's got a really comprehensive idea of how your dog's coping on the meds and how well they're working and hopefully keep an eye open dialogue with them. And, and a good vet will appreciate the fact that you've done this. So um, I think that's really important. Mm. So they have a really good overview of what's going on and they can tweak your dosages or perhaps the type of med. Uh, I've got one that's, um from a late well there's actually two questions in the same it's the same question basically uh i've got two people who are asking what what do we do with with it how do we start with an older puppy but by older puppies we've got 10 months and seven months and the questions are about when we leave them sometimes they bark and sometimes they don't but not for very long uh they've been trying to work on putting them behind gates and sometimes they're okay and sometimes they're not um, and generally both of them are improving when the people are in the room, but it's hard to replicate leaving during uh, the pandemic. Um, and I think there what I'd say is well, it doesn't make any difference to the age of the dog unless you've got a dog that's an absolute senior, as in, you know, over the age of probably eight and nine and maybe going into canine cognitive dysfunction, in which case that's a whole different ball game to separation anxiety for dogs in general of any age i think the training is the same isn't it we start with mm -hmm. keeping the um departures nice and small and making sure that the dogs don't go over threshold but there's also the side of puppies where sometimes it, they gradually get better with you leaving rooms going in the bathroom going to the toilet all that kind of thing that when the teeny tiny puppies that can find extremely distressing but as you do the same thing every day you get in the shower every single day and you you know you brush your teeth every single day and you go to the toilet every single day they they do eventually get used to that and stop worrying when you leave rooms um i don't think this on oh, replicate leaving oh that was it replicating leaving them in a pandemic you can still go outside in a pandemic you just can't meet anybody <laughs> so this is where you start looking like a weird neighbor and end up um lurking around your property around corners and outside doorways uh with the neighbors watching you wondering what on earth you're doing while you're stood there looking at your phone with a timer um but yeah you can definitely still leave the house certainly for the short enough durations to start with even if you have to get family members to hide upstairs or go and hide in the car or sit in the garage, you can still definitely do departures in this pandemic situation. And now we're being set free a bit more, even more so. That I would just really caution people um, of moving too quickly with puppies as far as following goes, because, you know, it's, it's natural for puppies to follow. Um, yeah. And puppies become more independent when they feel safe and confident yeah. so pushing too hard and you know saying my puppy is x months old so they should be able to handle this now and pushing the puppy into like having a fearful experience isn't going to get you where you think it's going to get you so i would just really caution people to go at their puppy's pace 
Yeah. And puppies following you around the house doesn't mean they've got separation anxiety, does yeah. it? It's just what puppies yep. do. Mm -hmm. And dogs, some dogs, even, yeah. even dogs that don't have separation <laughs> anxiety can be big followers. So, um, yeah. Tian, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, hello. Uh, sorry, that's what she says. <laughs> I'm going to say hello too. Hello. <clears throat> hello. I have two hello. questions. I'm wondering about leaving cues and how to start, how to, to go about starting that part of the training. Secondly, we had a backward step last night. I think the problem is we didn't settle him down properly and he was a bit riled up and didn't notice our small periods of leaving him, which was three by 30 to 40 seconds before we commenced leaving him properly. We noticed on the camera, we noticed on the camera after about two or three minutes, he was anxious and we came back straight away. Any advice on how to come back from this hiccup? Which one do you want to answer first? Let's start, do the pre-departure cues first because I also had um, Barb also ask that question about me. It's like, how do you add pre-departure cues back in? Um, so let's start with that one and, and then we'll go to the second one. Um, first of all, just to reiterate, did we do a show on pre-departure cues? Does anybody remember? Yes. Okay. We did. <laughs> okay. Well then listen to that show. No, um, we definitely did. Yeah, we did one on them. Yep. Okay, so, but just to reiterate, if um, you haven't listened to that show, we do recommend that you don't work those into your initial training, right? So leave all of the pre-departure cues that you can out of the picture until, for most people, I would say you get 30 minutes of solid duration on the other side of the door. Is that what you yeah. guys think too? 30 yeah, minutes? yeah. And yeah. then add in the least scary one first and just do them one at a time and just do it really yeah. gradually. Don't push yeah. the dog. So, so for some people, for some dogs, when you go to add them back in, the dog will no longer be bothered by them or yeah. maybe a lot less bothered by them. And that's the biggest reason. Well, one of, one of the big reasons that we delay the start. The other one is, you know, for your dog to get traction and have some, um, you know, making it as easy as possible in those early days for them to build duration. So I would say, make sure you're actually ready to add them in. And by that, I mean that you're at that 30 minutes of solid duration. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Then see where you are, right? Because it could be that your dog is no longer bothered by it. And, and then you don't have to worry about it, right? Um, if yeah. they are bothered by it, what do we do? We take the time backwards. So if your dog is on 30 minutes, I would drop it right back and just start building it up again with each each departure cue that I added, um, starting with, like I said, the least scary one. So so hopefully by the time you're up, during the time that you're taking to get to that 30 minutes in your training, you are observing your dog and you're identifying which are the Peter Patch cues that are avoidable, which ones aren't, and which ones are the most scary to your dog. So which one triggers your dog the most? And then just do it gradually and start with the least, the least scary one. 
you can also change the way you depart so that the pre-departure, some of the pre-departure cues may never need to come back or they yeah. come back in a way that looks differently. And so um, then it's just not scary. You don't have to address it, right? Um, and so that's something that I recommend for a dog that has kind of a lot of pre-departure cues. Like, can we change the picture a little bit so that we don't need to tackle quite as much. Um, it kind of just streamlines it for the people and the dog. Um, so that's a good way. Um, what do you all think of when, um, I know that a lot of the, some of the internet advice says to like, just pick up your jacket and carry it around the house when you're not leaving. What do you guys think about that? Bum, bum. <laughs> that's what Ness thinks <laughs> I I think that's um, a traditional way that most dog trainers have been taught and it's not the way I would go about it um, now nowadays <clears throat> excuse me nowadays we uh, we take a different approach mm. which is not to do that uh, and uh, because they what are you smiling at <laughs> I like how you say we take a different approach, which is not to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. I just thought Sarah might like to chime in, but um, yeah. No, it should, it, no, because um, they can. We can sensitize our dogs to those things and make it even harder for them to cope, because you're doing all the things that trigger them to go into a panic. Um, yeah. And it could it can actually build anxiety instead of reduce it. Especially if you if you're not really trained in training and you know because we we know that if we were to pick something up over and over again and it was to sensitize an animal that we drop it back down to the step that they can cope with which may be i don't know if it was a coat just going to touch the coat or even getting a foot away from the coat you know we'd go that far back but most mm -hmm. people when they're told to do that they just run they just keep picking things up and keep doing it and the dog gets more and more frantic so yeah definitely yeah take that out it's much easier to take them out and put them back in later than it is to accidentally sensitize your dog and then end up with an even bigger problem yeah mm -hmm. okay so what about the rest of tian's question so um oh coming back from a accidental um over a threshold experience pretty much well, she says we noticed on the camera after about two to three minutes, he was anxious and we came straight back. Uh, any advice on how to come back? So Tian, we did an episode um, on regression and variability in training, which you might actually find quite useful um, if you go back and listen to that one. Um, I believe, so Tian's in my Facebook group and I do believe she has got her dog up to 30 minutes home alone. So I'm assuming if that is correct, that, mm -hmm. that that two to three minutes is quite a big step backwards for her. Right, right. And so one of the things is, is this a one-off thing, right? Mm. So that's always something to look at. You don't know if, was it a bad day because of something else happened that day or the dog just wasn't up for training that day. Uh, so I do think that you... You have to be, and, and this is where working with a trainer is helpful. They can help kind of guide you and navigate through stuff like this. But 
you know, I would necessarily drop back to two to three minutes if they've been achieving 30 minutes regularly because of one, one exercise, right? So you would have to kind of just be really watchful during your next exercise and see what's happening. And, and hopefully by the time you're at the a duration of 30 minutes, you're pretty experienced with reading your dog's body language and what it looks like as they start to become a little bit anxious, right? So what are those first signs of anxiety for your dog? That could be different for every dog. Um, but whatever it is for your dog, come back then. Um, and, and just, you know, you, you do always have to fall back to what your dog can do. So it's kind of a looking at what the trend is. I think the warm-ups are, are a good gauge as well, aren't they? I think, does she not say, Ness, that it wasn't as settled as, as the, the dog wasn't as settled as it has been before when they were doing the warm-ups? Well, she says, yeah, but he wasn't settled before they even started any of the training. So that could be a big key, a big factor yeah. in, in it, yeah. And it's difficult because, as you know, we a human nature makes us want to, you know, we get it in our head that we're doing the training on a Monday, Tuesday and Thursday or whatever it is. Uh, and, you know, heaven forbid anything should get in the way. So it's about, you know, looking at that and thinking, right, is, is it actually in my dog's best interests to train today? Or are they giving me signs that say this is not my day? Yeah, that's uh, a good yeah, point, Sarah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's such a good point because, I mean, you do get like, <clears throat> you know, because as we discussed last week, you know, the training does take time. So you, you set aside yeah. that time that you think, right, I have to train now because this is the time I've, I've made to do it because it is, mm -hmm. you know, I've blocked out that, that period of time. And then, yeah, and then maybe your dog can't cope with it for whatever reason that particular day. Maybe they had yeah. a bad day, day doggy daycare or, or something to unsettle them. And, and, and Tian, you've, you've obviously realized your dog wasn't perhaps in the right state of mind when you started the training. So, so hopefully when you go back to it, um, you'll choose a different time, you know, your dog will be in a different mindset and you'll be able to progress. Uh, if in doubt, stop. It's, you can't go wrong with if in doubt, stop. You can go wrong if you, if you keep pushing it, but if in doubt, just, just stop because you can always do it either later or the next day. Yes. Yes. I think that's really key. Um, and very, I think that's so important. Um, but the other thing is if they've been training while their dog has been settled and then all of a sudden, you know, this is a more energetic scenario for their dog, then they can just do that, train with two scenarios. Obviously in the beginning, we want to make it as easy as possible for, for the dog. But if they've worked up to 30 minutes, it could be that, the relaxed scenario is at 30 minutes and the more active scenario is only maybe at a minute or two minutes or whatever. And then they can work at those two independently. I'm just going to go back to Jen because she did actually post another question. It's kind of the similar, it's kind of similar to the first one, but I think maybe we should um, delve in a bit deeper. So, so Jen writes, how to, how to desensitize being put in the crate um, as we are leaving 
As we are attempting to desensitize us leaving the house, I know it will take time and patience, but in the meantime, we will be crating him. He has ruined six of our windows. So this is a bit more in depth of the destruction her dog has caused. Um, he has ruined six of our windows and a bedroom door, chewed through it to get to, to get a bird's eye view of the front of the house, started chewing on window panes after having windows replaced as well as trim on the front door. We have had him on two different meds and but have made no difference to the anxiety. He also chews, decimates any soft bed or blanket we put in his crate. So, so Jen, I really want to encourage you to go back and listen to um, one of the episodes on crates and um, how appropriate they are or aren't for um, separation anxiety training because uh, you'll hear us basically say, well, we talk about um, phobia. So dogs often when they go into crates can't cope. It's the... Think of, like, I don't know, I get claustrophobia. So um, for me, a terrible fear would be getting trapped in a lift and um, I would panic. And often dogs um, are the same. So you put them in a crate and they literally panic and they try to escape or, you know, he's obviously been chewing his soft blankets and all that sort of stuff. So um, it, crating him just might not be appropriate for your dog. Um, and often we find is when a dog is left outside of the crate, they um, are less reactive. Obviously, that's possibly not the case for you because you say that he has done some dreadful damage to your house. So, um, but that, but just so you know, that's probably why um, we wouldn't recommend crating for him. In regards to your meds, um, again, I would definitely say keep a daily diary and. Um, get them to your vet get it to your vet so he can tweak it uh, I know you say he's been on two different meds but perhaps they still they're either not the right dose or perhaps they um, you need to try different ones and I know you probably don't want to hear that but that could possibly be the answer but I think I think if you can provide your um, vet with a comprehensive um, rundown of your dog's day and his reaction to things on the meds that might be helpful ladies yeah i would go back to really making sure you have strong management in place right because it sounds like if this level of destruction is happening the dog is obviously really panicking and so i would make sure that you have coverage whenever you need to be gone so that's your number one. If your dog doesn't feel safe, then um, you know none of the rest will will take. So that's your first step is making sure you have firm management in place. Um, regarding the crate, you know, working with one of us, probably Ness, since it's in her group. Um, she could work with you on a crate training plan for sure. But if your ultimate goal is to get out of the door and you have to manage absences anyways, it might be just a quicker approach to just go ahead and skip the crate, work on your dog feeling safe while home alone. And, um, making sure you're managing absences. Yeah, and that's that's the hard part, um, Jen, we're not gonna lie. I mean, managing absences, again, we did a, um, we've done a few episodes talking about that. Um, 
doggy daycare, um, pet sitters, um, family and friends, just finding someone to look after your dog uh, while you're not there. Because, I mean, we know that life gets in the way and you have to go and do things. Um, but that every time you leave your dog home alone and they're panicking like yours is, um, it just purely confirms their fear. So um, that's why we try to get people to suspend their absences, whatever that looks like in terms of um, getting someone to your house or getting your dog out of your house to be with somebody while you do the training. And then once you've done the training, once you're going through the training, then you can start not having to do that as much and then gradually hopefully phase it out. But at this point in time, it doesn't sound like that is an option for you. And although, although there's a there's a cost as well that goes along with with daycare and and pet sitters and things, but the cost of you know replacing windows and furniture and things is generally out you know not outweighed by the cost of of daycare. So it's definitely something to look into if if it's um if it's a cost issue because it must be you're getting really expensive now. Well, and just the welfare issue for your dog and you. I mean, if you know your dog is home panicking and you're not sure what you're going to come home to, that's that's really stressful too. So it's not, you know, it's all of those things. Okay, so I have one more question. Well, it's kind of more than one, but um, so I'll just read it out and we can take it from there. So Ginny says, medications have been changed for my dog. How many times till we get it right? Um, he is, yeah, he is slowly getting there with meds and training. We've had him four months now. The other question was, and I think this is actually quite a good question. How can my dog sleep two hours while I'm gone, yet go two seconds on another day? So we sort of did mention, um, answer that in a previous question where um, firstly go and listen to our podcast episode on uh, regression and variability in training um but yeah some dogs do do that don't they um regarding her meds question like obviously we don't know the answer to that question but there are so many different medications and so many dosages and so many combinations that if you are not seeing the results that you are hoping for and those results that you're hoping are within reason, meaning that, you know, meds alone aren't going to fix separation anxiety. They need to be paired with behavioral modification, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's out there, that your expectations are reasonable in that regard. Talk to your vet or your vet behaviorist um, and, and have that change. Knowing that some of the daily or the daily meds in general take I mean, some dogs you can see maybe results in four weeks, but usually it's six to eight. So anywhere between four and eight weeks are you're going to see the full effects of that medication. Yeah. So, yeah and so she's had the dog four months. So mm -hmm. if she's been on two different types of meds and that, then yeah, it could be that, that, that you might have to wean the dog off the meds it's on and start again. So that could be another yeah. period of time. So. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's a combination of medication as well. It's not just one. It can be a combination of two or even three, mm -hmm. depending on, on, um, on the dog. Um, I would just make sure that my vet is very well versed in medications too, because they've all got different um, 
I don't know, training or, or focuses for their, for their medicine. And some of them are a lot more um, educated. I don't know. That's probably not the right word, but, you know, a, a lot more fluent. I, yes. I like fluent, yeah. actually, in medications. Oh, yeah. Fluent is very nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I would just ensure that my vet has a really comprehensive knowledge of medications and uh, isn't just sort of shooting in the dark, for want of a better way of saying it. Thank you so much for tuning in to Tales from the Doghouse, helping us to celebrate our 21st episode uh, by submitting your questions. I hope that we answered them fully. Um, this is Stacy from Focused Fun. You can find me at uh, Focused Fun Dogs on Facebook and Instagram and focusfun.net. That's my website. And you've been listening to Sarah from the UK, who's at separationanxietysolutions.com. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram or on my website, uh, which is separationanxietysolutions.com. And I'm Ness Jones um, from Separation Anxiety and Dogs Decoders. You can find me on my Facebook page, or if you want more targeted advice, my Facebook group, which is of the same name, and of course, um, uh, I'm also on Insta as underscore Ness Jones underscore. You've been listening to Tales from the Doghouse. You can find us on Apple, Stitcher, Google, uh, Spotify, and other really good listening apps. Please like, share, and review us. Um, and thank you for listening to our 21st episode. We appreciate it. And thank you so much for sending in your questions for everybody to listen to. And we will be back next week. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.